0: And welcome to this week's episode of Les Film, and we are reviewing the 1995 French film Le Hain, directed by Mathieu Kassovitz. and it is a story of a young trio of friends that wander the city of Paris after a night of rioting as they await the news of their friend who's been in critical condition by the hands of the police.
1: One, two, three, four! <laughs> Make up! Make
0: Today, Kevin chose Lehane, so I would like to give you the floor of why you decided to pick this film for this week's episode.
2: Sure, so uh, the reason why I decided to pick this film is just because I think it's reflective of the times that we're in, especially when it comes to like police brutality and uh, race relations and a whole bunch of other uh, daily occurrences that we see. You know, almost every single hour of the day, there's like a new update on things. And I, I remember this movie, uh, especially just because of the, the tension that was in it. And I've never seen it all the way through. I've only seen about like, I want to say a half hour of it. And I'm really glad that we decided to watch it this week because, oh my gosh, it, uh, it's really heavy and I'm excited to talk about it with you guys, Tyler?
3: Yeah, I liked it a lot, Um, I think it's totally reflective of the times, it's crazy how, what that was 25 years ago, and it's still totally relevant, Um, yeah, it was just, and it was interesting to see it from a different country's perspective, rather than America, you know? Like these things go on everywhere, and uh, it's a worldwide problem, and it's just crazy that it seems like there's been absolutely no progress. That's what I, that's what I took from it, I'm like, wow, Nothing, no progress has really been made, it, to me it seems like, in the last 25 years.
4: Uh, this was, I uh, I'd seen it a couple years ago, my brother. But uh, upon this rewatching, I saw, i don't know how I could have missed it—but on rewatching it this time, the the humor and the endearing nature of the characters really stuck with me. And it, especially, I know it's a French film, but it's just—it's so stylized. It's it touches on so many themes, but it's not—it's not like a contem- I think a contemporary film with the same premise or script would look a lot different than this one does. I think this one has, it just oozes style, creativity, as well as a poignant message that is still relevant today, even.
0: Yeah, I uh, really enjoyed this film. This was my first time watching this one, and I have heard nothing about it. Um, So I went into it stone cold, and um, I, yeah, I came away really um, blown away by it. It's uh like Patrick said, very stylized. I really like that it was filmed in black and white. It was um it was almost like a throwback again, like some like some of the films we've been watching, like to the French New Wave, um, just our three central characters wandering um, the city of Paris and Paris itself is almost like a, a character. And um yeah, and whether or not you like the characters, they have like it's seemingly fun hijinks like everywhere they go it's just insane <laughs> so yeah uh, I don't want to speak more on that yet but yeah it's a it's a really um, groundbreaking film I think because it's so relevant to our times today so,
1: yeah.
2: it's uh, available on YouTube I think, for free?
3: I think they just put it up, too, because... Really? Of, well, I forget. I think the one I watched, there was one that was came out, like, two weeks ago, which is, like, right when all the stuff happened. I think the, there was another full one. I think it was only up for, like, a month. Wow. So they maybe put it out just because of
2: everything that's going on. See, so yeah, it's available on YouTube now, and it's also available on the Criterion channel if you have it. I just think that it's crazy that um, people uploaded it, like, boom, like right right away, it's, I think that that's just, that just goes to show like the power of art and like, how it's almost like historical in a way, because it's like a reminder, it's like, we need to remember what happens when the sort of tension exists, nothing ever gets solved, Mm -hmm. unless you embrace each other and try to understand one another. And it's like, somebody out there was like, no, This is lame right now. We need people to see this. That way we can, like, try and get away from this. And Mm -hmm. Tyler, I think that you brought up a really good point, too, about um, watching this sort of thing going on in in a whole other country because it's it's insane because, like you said, it, it goes on everywhere. And to see that it's all relative... And to see that, you know, if people abuse their power and you place people, you know, in unrelenting poverty, there's bound to be some sort of violence that erupts and some lack of understanding and people trying to escape it using whatever means possible.
0: Yeah, I think that because of the, our central characters <clears throat> are, you know, from, like, the, I guess, suburban ghetto, as what some of the other higher-class characters that they meet later on in the film would view them as. I, I think it's um, more relatable for us to, to, I guess, root for them in some ways. Other times, it's hard to, but you kind of feel for them. You understand and sympathize with their cause because I believe that the heart of the story without giving anything away is uh, our central character, Vince. Um, He has a hard time reconciling the fact that um, police have brought brute force upon one of their friends and he wants to take vengeance on the authorities. And that's just... Something that he struggles with throughout the whole film, and that is really the heart of the film besides all their um, misadventures and their delinquencies we see it in his in his performance uh, you know the actor uh, Vincent Cassell plays Vince. Um, we see him like turn into like this superstar you know he I've only seen him in like other American films, like Black Swan, and um, I think he has he's other in villainous uh, roles. Oceans, he's in Oceans Twelve and Thirteen. Oh, is he? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's um, he's pretty well known, I'm sure, in French films. But in terms of uh, Hollywood, uh, he's probably just seen as like uh, a villainous role, like the typecast in some ways. So it's good to see him in this film where he um yeah he's just explosive on screen every time you see him he just commands your your eyes you know he wants you to look at him and see the the sorrow and the pain that he's subsiding and yeah we see that in his actions and his friends actions as well
4: i think he did i think he did turn down Disney or Marvel recently too. I want to say as Thatter was interviewed and he came out saying he wouldn't be in those films because I believe they would cast him as a villain. I think that's what they approached him about. Well, good on him. I could be totally wrong though, but okay. I just remember seeing that somewhere.
0: <laughs> I think it's not. Uh, I mean, it's pretty common, I believe, right, to get prestigious actors like him to turn down Marvel films or Disney films. You know for their own integrity because they feel like they've got more work that they want to be represented by instead of being this part of this Disney product which I think in a sense kind of takes away like their I don't know their own filmography like people are only going to look at him as like oh that main villain in that one Marvel movie instead of seeing him as this actor in um, this French film with um, like for instance, the uh, I forgot his name already. The actor from The Matrix, played Agent Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, he oh, oh he, he go weaving? Yeah, he go yes. weaving. He only had one role in um, one of the Marvel films, and then he was assigned to do more. And then he just said, "Nope, I'm not returning. No matter what you guys you're gonna make, you guys can't make me return. I mean, if you guys have to make me, I will, but I would rather not." And then they just decide to let him go. Because I don't know, however, he just feels that he's not a part of that Disney universe, you yeah? know? Disney
2: universe. Machine Man.
0: Yeah. So it's not uncommon for actors of that caliber to not want to go that route. I mean, Joaquin Walking Phoenix, declined being in the Marvel films. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you want him to play the Joker in a Joker film, I mean, it speaks a lot about. Um, you know the script and the story he wanted to tell. So yeah, I mean it's not like we get any Marvel films that touch on these subjects. So for sure, it's yeah. I mean it's a it's a doozy to like make a film about it, but when you have that much voice and that much power, I mean why wouldn't you kind of make something like it?
4: Mm-hmm. You just created like a hypothetical where. Yeah. I don't know how it got me upset internally so much, but yeah, like the character, the, the actor who plays Vincent, whose name is also Vincent, I was in Visionary universe. Yeah. He's in the fifth Avengers movie. I know that guy. And we're like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a far superior film or just an almost timeless film in Haine that I'm sure is under a lot of people's radar, but in the collective consciousness of the public that'd be buried even deeper than it already has been especially just it's a foreign film so it gets a knock mm-hmm. and then if he's if he's the Marvel villain guy yeah it's like yeah it's like cementing over the grave mm-hmm.
2: yeah there's so much against it you're absolutely right <laughs> especially just with the subtitles alone and the fact that it's in black and white it's from right. the 90s it's french yeah, so it's everyone, french yeah, like, it's like oh come on black and white and french come on and like a deal i mean the title alone like it means hate <laughs> like who's gonna want to watch this but at the same time it's important to watch
4: no and it's very it's, it has a deep emotional impact especially with the, the three central characters i especially felt for hubert mm-hmm. okay i wanted to ask who's like who's who's everyone's favorite character because i thought Said my- was the main character even and he was my favorite
2: yeah, Saeed's so the leader of the group. I mean, because, I mean, that's at least what the... What he's uh, like
4: the gel Yeah, that keeps him together. He's like the little brothers, the vibes I got between yeah. two big brothers or something.
3: I kind of felt, though, it was that Vincent wasn't the main character. I kind of felt it was like him and uh, Hubert. Mm-hmm. Hubert was definitely my favorite, though.
2: He was my
0: favorite, too. Yeah. I think I like Saeed. He was my favorite. I think I'm related to him more. <laughs> 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 he's kind of like a firecracker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: He's like, he's like the, he's the poet of the group. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they didn't call him,
0: yeah, yeah, they, they reference that later on. But yeah, I, I see what you mean. Side's a jokester, and Vincent's the
4: revolutionary, or I don't even mean know what to call him.
0: He's like the radical extremist. Mm-hmm. But he does have a kind of heart, I would say. Yeah, he's soft on the inside. And Hubert is the, like, the very silent, like, stoic type almost. But
3: calculated, super calculated, and
4: reserved mm-hmm. and through the dialogue and their interactions you just get there's such a depth that like, is communicated to the relationship where there's parts where Hubert and Vincent read each other and there's parts where Saeed can read Hubert and vice versa and all that like there, there's so many exchanges where you can they'll say a line that doesn't have a direct meaning it's not an explicit meaning but it, it means something in the context of the relationship and you fill in the blanks and I think in the film yeah I, didn't, I forgot about that completely it does I was going to say, like, I think Saeed's the main character because it opens on him, and we stay with him for a minute, and then we go to the other characters. But it's like, no, the film like purposely splits them all up where we get a moment with each character alone and follow them. Mm-hmm. They all share the screen. Isn't mm-hmm. that great? I, yeah, I completely forgot about Hubert's part in the, in the middle-ish. Like, oh, yeah, Hubert also had one where he's the driving force of the camera or Vincent's is towards the end and Saeed's is at the start and end. He's packing
2: up the hash. Mm-hmm. I love like their entire dynamic with each other too. Like for instance, when one person would get mad, one of the other group members would convince the, you know, both of them to like make up in in a way. And like they would serve as like the the intermediary between. Mm -hmm. So it's like when you feel one pole about to break and then it finally does, then one of them goes off and pulls them back in. And then the other person comes back and you know, they're just friends again. And it's like no matter where they go, you could be in like a quiet meadow and like everything will suddenly catch fire. Yeah. <laughs> because like because of like they're just boiled up rage and like emotion and like passion and vitality.
1: Never pass this way again I can't stop myself from wanting you
0: is like they're all um they're like the elements you know, at least to me it's like it's like um lightning electricity and vincent is fire and hubert is like water you know so they all they all mesh well together they all have their balances
2: oh yeah there's also the fourth character the hospitalized one i think his name is abdel
0: oh right right so
2: maybe he's like imagine if he were in the film too Yeah. And,
4: that's the thing I did miss in the first viewing, like, how strong a relationship was with him. Was he, like, a friend in the neighborhood, or was he the friend?
2: I think he was, like, one of their core group members. Like, so there were four, and then it was brought down to three, which is where we meet them. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he gets injured in the in the riots from the previous night. He doesn't... Abdel? No, yeah, I think he, he, was, he, does. I thought
4: he was brought in for custody, and then they mm-hmm. interrogated you, him.
2: He was in a coma. Yeah, oh, that they, oh, and then they beat him into he's a He's the game. one,
4: yeah, who all they, the riots were about. I yeah, they beat yeah, him in custody yeah. and that led to the riots, I believe.
2: Hmm. Yes, that makes. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. But imagine, like, that would have been a completely different movie if all four of them had been in it. Right. Because, mm-hmm. like, what would he have brought to the table? Like, maybe he was the one that, like, put everyone in place. Because, like, Saeed is the one who ends up taking on more of that role and he even seems kind of unwilling to in certain places like he doesn't want to get on Vince's bad side at times
0: and like he also s- completely understands Hubert's point of view at the same time he just <laughs> wants to have fun and <laughs> hang out with some women <laughs> beautiful talk shit you know, and ogle, ogle other women yeah and there's, there's still all young men, men in, way. in
4: the 20s in their 20s I think at most right? yeah yeah
2: I notice that all of them have a weird hero complex, and in a way, they're all taking on like this journey to like manhood in a way that is also counterproductive because of the things that are put in place. Um, for instance, with Vince, he views his journey as taking on like the dragon in a sense and like having to slay it, whereas Hubert is taking on, like, more of a personal journey of, like, escaping his surroundings and putting it all on his shoulders, whereas Saeed's just trying to make everything work the way it is. But I find that they're... the way they go about it all, like, they go one step forward and three steps back, Mm -hmm. thereby completely discounting uh, whatever progress they had made by inflicting more damage on themselves without even being aware of it so they're like stuck in place they're like in a stasis of just constant boyhood and like immaturity and wanting to like um, like was mentioned earlier like uh, having explosive uh personalities where they all the women they want to fight each other they want to go and cause chaos and uh break things and just create more violence and it's just strange how people fall into that mindset while thinking that they're moving ahead when they really
0: aren't. Yeah, I think that's a really good note to end on and it kind of ends our precursor so maybe we can move on to spoilers if we're ready to. if you've gotten this far in the podcast, please, um, if you haven't seen the film yet, uh, to watch the film and come back to this point and let to us talk about spoilers because we are um, going to tread into that territory now and I think before we move ahead, again, watch this film on YouTube. It's for free. If you have Criterion, watch it. Um, support this film. It's relevant to our times today. And. Uh, yeah, I'd say watch it. I think we can all agree that this is a must-see film. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's essential. So yeah, time for spoilers and let's
1: go. <laughs>
2: So the film starts off with a quote after the the race, or I think it's the race riot footage, or the police brutality Mm -hmm. footage. It's it's the riots. riots. It's the riots. It's all authentic, I believe,
3: with the whalers
2: playing in the background. Yeah, (sighs) and it starts off uh, with this quote, and I want to say who Barrett says says it. Heard about the guy who fell off a skyscraper on his way down past each floor. He kept saying to reassure himself, "So far, so good." So far so good, so far so good, how you fall doesn't matter, it's how you land, and I think that that recurring quote throughout the movie perfectly encapsulates the movie in and of itself because these people are just going without an end in mind, like they know how it's going to end, but they want to go out how they want to if that makes sense.
3: I feel like that was really, that quote's really relevant to like, yeah, like anybody in that position, how they live their life. Like the story that kid was telling them, where at the end it was just like, it was just like, I don't even remember what it was about. Cause the I was like, Candid Camera
2: story? Oh yeah, the reality yeah. TV? or mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And then uh, I think
4: Saeed's like, that's it, right? Like, isn't that what he says? He's like, that's all?
2: I, I think it's you? Vincent.
4: And he's asking, like, who was the celebrity? I don't know.
3: Yeah, like, that's all you had to say? That's it.
4: No, <laughs> well, that's it. Yeah, that's and it. And that's,
3: like, their life, I feel like, you know, yeah. where there's, like, no way out. Hugh Bear's the whole time. He's telling his mom he's trying to leave the projects and get out, yet he he can't. can't even get a job, so he's, you know, selling hash just to pay bills. and Same thing for Vincent and Saeed, all of them. They can't escape their projects, or
4: racism, the police. On the on the rewatch, I noticed something, too. There's a cycle aspect of the whole film. I missed completely on the first viewing. Because we're in the spoiler territory. The end, the end of the film ends with a gunshot, or at least the sound effect. Mm-hmm. I think when we first come in on Saeed, he's in a similar... I think the cameras are in another zoom, and there's a gunshot echo. Yeah. Is what, I think, is the, comes in with the jump cut. And then we see... Yeah, it's like a stare-off... Another slow zoom on him, and then a behind-the-back zoom, and we see the uh, riot police hanging out. I forget, what like, it's a public square or something.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: But I miss that complete cycle thing where they know, they know that their chances of escape are slim to none, and yeah. it's like a repeated cycle where there's going to be a Saeed, a different, another Saeed, Vincent, Hubert, and Abdel. There's going to be more of them. Later on, because it's the cycle that repeats. At least that's the yeah. interpretation I got from that.
3: Even with q uh, it seemed like he was on the path of, like... seemed like he used to be, like, would steal and loot or whatever, you know? And it seemed like he was trying to get away from that through the whole movie. Trying to tell Vincent, like, not to, you know, kill the cop or whatever. He was, and then towards mm-hmm. the end, when they go to, like, that little cocktail party... He just, like, something, like, clicks in him, and he's just like, fuck it. I'm going to be, I'm going to be, like, a criminal or whatever, you know. I'm going to, he, like, starts, he pushes that table over. He steals the guy's wallet, pickpockets him.
4: I think it's, like, class Disparity, where they're in Paris at an art True. gallery. And I think they purposely with, like, what, water bottles painted white and put on the wall? Yeah. They're purposely taking the piss. Yeah. It's, like, these are all vain, upper-class people now they're kicking us out as well. I'm going to tip over your, I don't even know what it was. Mm-hmm. Glass, water bottles, just sculpture. And yeah, he did swipe the charge card, but like, yeah. I think I interpreted that more as like, not Huber, a change in Hubert, just class differences. Yeah, that actually, no, that's a good that's a good point too. And then right after that, they're trying to use that same card just to get a taxi to go back. Mm-hmm. And they're all refusing them. That's a, another part. Jumping ahead to to. No, I'll right, we'll come back to later. It's too far now. <laughs> Don't jump that far ahead.
2: So the movie starts with the the riot footage, and then we cut to Saeed, who then goes to visit Vince. Yeah. And I love Vince's opening, like little vignette of him dancing <laughs> with like the the music. I forget which type of music it is. I
4: want to has a connection. I I want to say it has a connection to, I think Polish Jews for sure. Mm -hmm. I want to say for sure because I think they're I think that his family's probably a war not a war of a good thing but like a you leave Poland for economic opportunities in the more successful European
2: countries like Germany and France for sure I also love that part about his character too like how everyone's always well no it's Saeed who's always commenting on how Vincent is like always changing his his uh cultural roots oh yeah he's like oh he's like you can't I think he says something about, like, oh, so ne- oh so you're Jewish now? Even though, like, he technically is, but yeah, then, like... He doesn't go to temple, or he doesn't do any of that yeah, stuff, right? Yeah, like, his grandma like, saying, it's like, complaining about that stuff to him. And y- you can see um, all the different decorations and, like, cultural mementos that they have in Vince's house. And then, like, later on in the film, when, um... I forget what happens with uh, Vince, but he's, like, talking about, like, how... How he's, like, upset how they treated... Uh, the Muslim community, oh, yeah. and then Saeed's like, oh, so you're Muslim now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, but um, yeah, we start off with that where Saeed's vis- uh, visiting Vince, and Vince is sleeping, and then you just like immediately get what this film's gonna be about when, you know, everything, I And mean, when Vince finally wakes up, it's like lighting up like a set of fireworks, and he's like, con- he's like yelling at his sister, yelling at his entire family, and then like they get up, go, and then they visit Huber, who's in his completely decil- or uh decimated gym. And he's just there punching the bag. And I love the comment that Said makes where he's like not he's like, how do they even get the car in here? Like <laughs> Said has
4: so many great lines. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he's like the doors aren't even wide enough. And he's like he keeps asking that question. And it's like, dude, who cares? The gym is, like, destroyed. <laughs> that's,
4: yeah, that's another... In that exchange, there's a great window into the characters, especially of Hubert and Vincent and their connection. So I think Saeed's remarking about how they thrashed the pillies. He can't believe it. He sees the car. He starts asking, how'd they get in there? The door's not wide enough. And then I want to say, yeah, it's Hubert's gym. And it's just torched and gone. And Saeed asks, like, oh, do you know who did it? And Hubert's like, I don't want to know who did it. He goes, aren't you pissed? He says, yeah, I'm, I'm pissed. And he says, but no, he says, I'm pissed, but I knew it would go up and smoke one day. He says, then why'd you work why'd you bust your ass for, like, two years, three years? To get it. And then Vincent does the line, because he wanted to, or he wanted to prove he could. That's, like, just lines like that are such a small window until, like, Vincent completely understands that, for Hubert, he, I think, his prime of a boxing athlete a young boxer is passed and now he's a gym he owns a like a YMCA, YS, ymca type gym for the local community and i think vincent it shows like that vincent's able to read like he wanted that more than he wanted the success of the gym It's just like a little window into the great dynamics between all the characters
2: and it's like even later on in the movie where um i forget which I think it's like a, a police officer who's trying to like show remorse or sympathy towards Hubert. Um, he offers him a, a city permit, like free of charge, to start up another gym. And then Hubert just says, I think that kids want to do more than just punch bags now. Yeah. So it's like, even though Hubert is like, we when we visit him in the beginning... He's, this is, like, right after the tower has collapsed and crumbled. Like, he's, like, starting anew again. And he's, like, taking it in the best possible way, where he's not seeking vengeance and he's not uh, taking it out on others. He just recognized that, you know, this stuff just happens. Uh, it's, it's bound to happen, and you have to just be prepared for it when it does. Like, it's beyond your control. And it just goes to show that he was actually trying to escape, and it's just so tragic to know that, no, you can't, like, the system's in place to prevent you from ever escaping.
4: Yeah, the cop was a good character. I think he's just, probably the closest thing they have to, like, a local beat cop for those, I think they're in the projects, for the low-income housing, and I think, I want to say he's also Arab, I'm not sure what Mm -hmm. nationality exactly. But I remember during that exchange when they're leaving the police station, Said makes a joke, or not a joke, but he makes a remark. I'm trying to remember now, but like when an Arab enters that police station, they got like a half year at most or something about how the system even, even though, even the officers who are more sympathetic to the struggles of the community, they still get cycled out of the system. So maintaining the status quo is probably more valued than actually making direct change and improving lives.
2: I love them. One other huge aspect of the film is it's like a ticking time bomb. Like mm-hmm. it, just the hard cuts to the time itself. It's like the moment that we see, I mean, throughout the movie, there's like little snippets throughout the news and like just talks throughout the community. Like, hey, did you hear what happened during the riot last night? Like, a policeman lost his gun. And then, it's like, right at that moment, it's like a countdown to extinction. And I love the reveal of Vince having the gun. Oh, the Mm -hmm. the fast, sped-up zoom and all that? And I think it's so fitting that his character was the one that ended up finding the gun. Because he's out there to prove something. To, to make some sort of radical change even if it means throwing his life away. And Hubert's always on the on the on the side trying to get him to talk him talk him out of it, to see reason. And Vince just sees that as as weakness. Um, and I think that that's such a an immature a mindset to have when it comes to wisdom and power and strength and courage it's like no this this sort of thing like it, it goes beyond ego in a way to recognize that these things have a lasting effect it's like who, who do you think you are you're just going to take one person out you can't take out the entire police force Like one person can't bring the world to change. Like it takes, it takes unity. And I think that that's what he's trying to like constantly tell Vince from the point that we see the gun in his hands until the ending.
4: I think Hubert knows Vince doesn't have the the willpower to actually kill somebody. I wouldn't say willpower. It's like or the guts. I think I think I think Hubert knows Vince is a nicer. Mm-hmm. guy or not nicer guy but like he has a good heart he has a, yeah he has a soft heart like Saeed very much because Hubert's like the boxer the more athletic one but again he's like he's not your, he's a wisdom and very stoic and all that so he knows what it he knows like might or whatever but he doesn't abuse it and he knows that they wouldn't abuse it as well he was they're such good friends Just like Hubert could be loan sharking people or something, but he's not. And he knows they wouldn't either because they, they mean well, even though they don't have opportunities or the undertones of lacking education. I think when Hubert's sister asks him for help, yeah, I think this should all reference. I don't even know if they graduated, but I think they all they use their age as the crutch, but they don't. They're lacking behind in like formal education, probably.
2: Yeah, I definitely think Hubert's the most well-learned of all, of every character in in the movie, at least. Like, at least within that community. I mean, because even, like, Vince is making fun of him for it. He's like, oh, well, like, what does the school teach you? He's like, Vince, like, if you had stayed in school, you would have been taught that hate breeds hate. Yeah. That was, like, one of my favorite lines in the entire movie.
4: I love the in the stylized aspect this is this is one the this is the film with the dolly zoom
2: yes mm-hmm.
4: that that summarizes the whole movie in a single camera move and shot and it's like so poignant like that's yeah when i think of the style of this film that stands out immensely or it's like the backdrop of paris i want to say baroque it's some famous square in paris I want to say this is the famous architecture. I think it's Baroque or Rococo or something. It's not neoclassical. And it's just, there's like a deep focus on the whole city and the, the three central characters in it. And the Dolly Zoom just separates them from the city. It's like they don't belong in Paris. They feel isolated. They're not included in the larger aspect of the country or the community. They're very much alone. Mm-hmm. And all they have is each other. And it's just them. I think Hubert, no, no, Vincent's pacing back and forth when Saeed and Hubert, I think, are just leaned on the guardrail.
0: Yeah, one of my favorite shots in the film is when um, Vincent gets separated from the group and he witnesses two other people trying to get into a club and they have that, like, close-up shot of his face and then you get, like, a... Um, by the same time, simultaneously, he gets shot out. The two guys are trying to get in the club. That was such a beautiful shot, the way they did that, and you see his um, expression, his reaction to like the violence that uh, ensued, where they shot through the door. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that shot was um, incredible. Yeah. So it was a very well crafted scene, and the use of the practical effects in the film too were like pretty powerful. Yeah, because any time you see Vincent carrying that gun around, it's like this powerful, authoritative like device that gets them wherever they need to go. They either get in trouble for it, or it, it causes trouble, or it gets them out of like um, really bad situations. So it's, um, yes, yeah, this push and pull effect. It's going to lead them one way, or it's going to end really badly, you know? In times that they need that gun, it's like they really need it. But oh man, it's just gonna lead to more trouble. Can we talk about the mirror shot? Oh my
2: god! In the, the bathroom? bathroom? Yes. I was like, insane.
4: The with Said in the middle? I was. I was just What's trying it? to
2: figure out how they did it.
4: I I thought well the one the. Um, when he's talking about the
2: system, Vincent's yelling about the system. It's it's um when he's looking in the mirror and like he's he in the bathroom.
0: The taxi driver.
2: Oh, it, like, yeah, him. how the hell did they do that? I <laughs> think that they used it. Okay, so we start off with the back of Vincent's head, like just boom, close up. And then all of a sudden he like leans in to wash his face. The camera moves past him into the mirror. And then we see Vince's reflection talking back to the camera in this hypothetical situation of him like with a stand-up with a person. Are you talking to and, me? <laughs> yeah. And I think how they did it is they used a body double. Mm. And... They uh, built a, a bathroom set with no mirror, just like a cutout section of a square where Vincent Cassell was standing on the opposite end, looking into the camera. So when the bot, like when they both mirror their their actions, we go past the body double. He moves out of the shot. Out of the shot. Then the camera stays on Vincent Cassell. and just the lines, like ah, oh, that's such a. A window into his soul like that's he craves that sort of recognition of like respect and power and like just completely unleashing his wrath on on the wrong person you know who bumps into him at the wrong time
4: it's very Hollywood there's a lot of uh, not Hollywood there's a lot of I think in the film there's a lot of Western like Hollywood and Western influences everywhere I think Tyler you said something about the brands
0: yeah like the All the fashion. Well, Nike and they're just they have, like their windbreakers and how they dress, their style and the music. I thought it was yeah.
3: <clears throat> like ahead of its time with that. Like or at least Paris was at the time. Yeah. Like he uh Hugh was wearing like the Carhartt beanie, which is like still like totally something that people do nowadays. They had like the Lacoste, Nike, they had, yeah, they had a
4: bunch of cool brands and fashion in there. Yeah, like Vincent's doing a bit of a De Niro and taxi driver. Mm-hmm. There's the cop with the Notre Dame jacket. I was like, You're in Paris, what? Did you go there? I, I have no idea why he was wearing that, except for, like, I don't know, like a bit of fashion commentary, Western cultural adaptation, or US cultural ad- adaptation inside this small world of a different mm-hmm. Paris police force. And then yeah, with the Saeed's fresh cut, he always talks the New York style, it's the killer cut. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When Vince butchered his hair.
0: That was one of like the funniest moments in the scene when he was trying to cut his hair. Like as I've been in that situation before, like when you ask a friend to cut your hair for you (laughs) and you wanna see like How it's gonna turn out but they just keep cutting it and they're just like no it's fine man it's gonna look (laughs) good like i've totally been in that situation i'm like let "Let "Let me look at it let me
1: look at it come on let me look at
0: it (laughs) he's like here i'll show you and he's like he's like (laughs) not even trying to show him the mirror it's so funny um it's such a really well like it's such a good scene i think it shows the chemistry between the two actors and it really shows that the director knows what he's doing. It's like a, it's a long take as well. So, it, you know, must have been, must have, taken them a few times to work that scene. Um, with that mirror and just cutting his hair, uh, it, did it look like he really got his hair cut? I, I mean, it seemed like it. So I wasn't sure how they did that, but yeah, right after he wears the beanie and he's just super upset. <laughs>
4: I totally feel that. Yeah, such a great cut. There's so many great cuts where it's just like a hard cut to the next, like I think, I'm trying to remember what the bathroom exchange ends with and just cuts to him walking, like storming down the street in a beanie and Vince chasing after him. (laughs) And yeah, it's just written so well where their friendship, it's the most, it's very genuine. It's one of the most genuine feeling relationships in a film I've seen. Mm -hmm. There's so many exchanges, so much, so many lines.
3: They were just all so good at like all of a sudden like causing a ruckus and like just arguing and like talking shit to each other. I was like, this is like exactly like growing up with friends how it is, you know? And then like they'll get you get mad at each other for like five minutes, like they do. Like Hubert gets mad at Vince and then Saeed comes in and says a joke and it's all good and then vice versa. (laughs) I was like, I felt like they were actually all friends regardless of the film you know outside of the film like it felt so organic
4: and then i like the people in the neighborhood like not they're like yeah they're like a gang
3: yeah, like
4: not a ga- but gang. yeah they're like siblings like where's yeah you're always with vincent where's vincent yeah and you always know where blank is you guys are so close
2: yeah, it's all just like unspoken too like even with like the little kid that um when they were waiting for the or when site was waiting for the payment inside of that little park area yeah. the kid just talking with Vince like how you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. it um it's like everyone's just cool with each other in there and and then even when they go up on the rooftop and stuff and we see Saeed's brother who's like the the main leader yeah of the entire group and then uh you know they're all just like hanging out and Saeed like steals steals the hot dog <laughs> <laughs> and like you could tell that like they're all really good friends They like, put it on my tab <laughs> <laughs> and he's like
4: I love the guy grilling too. Such a, it's like very Parisian. I want to say,
1: mm-hmm.
4: and just when you think of Paris, France, it's such you don't think of a guy on a roof grilling hot dogs on like a yeah. outside barrel, shirtless, <laughs> and they come up and he just gets so animated. And like everyone pays the same, damn it! Everyone pays the same, and you, except Hubert. It's his building, and they just like slap the. Like, I don't know. Some of them are more like how hard they slap hands. It's like so genuine. They just like slap over and pull it back, and then he gets his free hot dog. And then, yeah, there's another moment where that same guy is the one driving the car after the scene Richie talked about where they, I think, a guy sh- tries to shoot a nightclub bouncer through a security window.
0: Yeah.
4: Like, that same guy who was up there grilling hot dogs is the driver of the BMW. He's not even acknowledging what anyone's saying, he's just playing his music, and he's saying check this turn as he's just whooping the BMW around a turn. <laughs> like, every character feels pretty fleshed out.
2: I just love the dynamic between the local police force, along with I forget Said's brother's name, but like with his gang. Yeah. And how his gang actually has some pull over the local police force, like, when they're told to get off that rooftop, he's like, what are you going to, like, oh, are you guys going to do it? Like, you can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, he purposely, like, tells Saeed to leave to try and get him out, to get him out of, like, any potential harm, because he doesn't want him to go down the same path. And Saeed, like, you can tell that he knows this, but at the same time he wants the respect that his brother has, because everyone just views him as the little brother, and he doesn't want that. So he, like, tries to take, like, the more, like, bachelor approach by, like, um, getting it with women and stuff. And, like, just, oh, um, especially even with the payment. Like, he's, he's going out of his way to get, like, I think it's, like, the equivalent's, like, 50 bucks. It was $100. Oh, it was $100? Yeah. It's the principal. Yeah, it's the principal. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you could tell that, like, he knows that if he doesn't get this money, he's going to forever just be seen as that little brother. And that entire scene where they're like going up to the upscale place in Paris to like Get the the payment from that guy in like the- Snoopy. Yeah, Snoopy, yeah. <laughs> These are great. So- checks. <laughs> Just another like wacky character. <laughs> I, I love the-
4: that You guys are following. right? <laughs> No, are you sure? <laughs> like, just, why? Because... He just coked out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and he has like the gun. And yeah. he's like, looked, like, just the way he's even posing like James Bond. He has a gun and he's like wearing
4: a t-shirt as like a skirt. you <laughs> so good. Isn't that like the leopard print too? Yeah. like that?
1: Like,
4: you guys were followed, right? He's like, yeah. I was like, why? Because. And then he just breaks out to a dance with his gun. <laughs> like there's no reason why. <laughs> he's just fucking with him. Or yeah, it's like pure chaos or pure... Eccentricity.
2: Oh, yeah, Asterix. Oh, wasn't that his name too? Or, like, that's his, like, side name or nickname? His code name. I thought it was Snoopy. No, it's Asterix. Yeah, Asterix. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And, like, everyone else. You you can clearly tell that Asterix is even out of the. Like, he doesn't belong there. Like, he's only watching the apartment for a friend. And he's, like, going around like he owns the place. So, like, when they're buzzing up on the thing, like, trying to talk to people, Oh that's another aspect of the film too, is like they use different camera footage. So for instance, like the, the camera monitoring the buzzer for the apartment building, like we cut to that perspective of what the residents are seeing. Like these three crazy like aggressive people trying to get in. And and then like finally when Asterix gets on the on the intercom, he's just like, Oh yeah, come on up <laughs> Like <laughs>
4: Just run up here real quick. What was just that? Just run up here real quick. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I think I think they do end up calling the cops, and they are waiting for them when they leave the apartment complex. Mm-hmm. That's when they then they get a.
3: Uh, oh yeah. Huber and so you get like interrogated. That scene was was heavy. Oh, like, with the rookie he, cop, mm-hmm. like yeah. they're teaching, like teaching him. Them. And the, I can t- I can tell if the it seemed like the rookie cop was like, not fucking with it,
4: you know. He's yeah. crying. Yeah. Oh, was he crying? There's a. I think his left eye has a tear. Like almost the whole time. And he's, oh, he does shit. shake his head, a bit no, and he's biting his lip.
3: Yeah, that was just crazy. It's like I'm sure that ha- that happens like all the time. They're like, you got to make sure you push him, but don't push, don't take it too far. You know, like it's just crazy.
0: It's almost like a fraternity almost. Like they're hazing like two people, and then they're showing yeah. the new guy. Like this is how you do it, you know. <laughs> this is how they get initiated. This is th- this is what you have to do. It's and he
3: wasn't even trying to get information out of them. He was just like, I'm just we'll just mess with this black kid and this
4: brown kid, and I'll show you how to uh, interrogate people. Oh yeah, And it really pushes. Yeah, pushes pretty. It pushes some envelopes. Mm-hmm. And like the whole like, oh yeah, it must be. You understand the social strife and like, must, it must be proper frightening when they start going like, "Oh, Sayid, you got a, you got a pretty face and all that stuff." It's like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, you guys are meant to be the law, and you're implying that I may get mouth raped while in your custody. It just reaffirms you can't have faith in those structures, and they're. I think they're purposely trying to break down the rookie's empathy as like a, it's like a thing about the militarization or the like inherently they build in a concept of they're the opposition, they're not the community, they're not the people of the city. These people here, the Saeed and Hubert, they're first-generation or second-generation immigrants, they live in the projects, they are not, they're only antagonists or the enemy and Mm -hmm. you gotta, you know, you gotta learn how to control yourself or you might just lose it and kill them completely. Or something, or just that. It's so easy to just kill him because the hate is so.
2: You're, I don't know. It's like, you're the problem. Like, we need to weed you out. Yeah, but yeah, it's just. The rookie cop, he's. Yeah. Yeah, you can tell that he's like trying so hard to disassociate. It almost felt a...
3: like it was tragic because he was like. He wasn't saying he was. It's like this shit going on today. It's like. There's a lot of cops. He may be a good cop and disagree with it, but. The system's there in place, and you can't go against it, or else you're gonna lose your job, or you're gonna be hazed and fucked with all the time by your co-worker cops, because you're too empathetic and you have like a good heart.
4: There's a lot of yeah. Not
3: well, to say that all cops are like that at all, but you know. Yeah. But um, But that's that's what it is, really. I feel yeah. like
0: the people that are for all for Blue Lives Matter gonna be upset watching this film. Like they don't. They probably wouldn't like the portrayal of cops. Because they're most of the at least most of the cops in the film are the ones that are doing the harassing and the bullying and stuff. So, it it's definitely not a film that is going to be well, <laughs> supporting police the police and the, the authority figures because they're they're the ones that are deemed as the villains in the film in some yeah. respects. But there's a lot with like Hugh Bear. He's like he he even says he's
3: like not all cops are bad and he's like. You know he's trying to get him to not kill a cop and even uh the rookie cop was that was that Saeed's brother um, um the one who was like I think he, he was like, I think he was new he was a he new was cop good. but he was like from yeah. the projects it seemed like or something like that and he was kind of representing mm-hmm. the good cops as well so I thought it was like they did a good job of just not you know like fuck
4: the police completely yeah, uh, yeah. I like the uh the Arab cop who also helps them Mm -hmm. And the start of the movie and all that. I think he's the only one who winds up... Who winds up getting, like, the most injured? Yeah, he got shot in
0: the arm. Yeah, uh, he's the very communal... Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's the common control in that scene. Abdul's brother that shot him with a shotgun? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They got a shotgun from somewhere.
4: And it's it's just a bit of the... How everyone gets wrapped up in this, where even the people that you would interpret as being the positive aspects of whatever community they belong to and the inherent chaos of the world and of the conflicts so yeah the Arab police guy who seems to genuinely care about the kids even though he's rough he's rough with them to a certain degree like think vincent he always wants he, he he seems ready to slap vincent around because vincent won't like shake his hand or give him any respect or anything like that when he's just get bailed his friend out. Oh yeah, because the hospital scene. When that to too, yeah. Ab- as well.
2: When they go to visit Abdel. Yeah. And then they take Sayid into custody.
4: Yeah. It's just, yeah. I think he's the one who ends up getting like winged in the arm.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Where he's just, I don't know what he's doing. He's just hanging out in his beat or route, just walking the streets. And he's the one who's targeted versus like every other white french
2: Parisian cop who seems untouchable. I I loved in that scene when the shotgun, I mean, when Abdel's brother comes and, like, shoots, like, the fact that the cop didn't fire back, Mm -hmm. and, like, didn't, like, they they could have easily used that as a reason to kill all of these people Mm -hmm. in that scene, but just that little tiny unit, that was, like, the turning point for, like, oh, maybe not all the cops are bad in this movie, because they were, like, (laughs) like, they could have died. Easily, with that mob, as they were taking Abdel's brother into custody, like they were literally pulling him into the car. And another like mirror image that I love of this movie, like from that scene, is like when they do go into the upper scale Parisian part, and then Said's asking a police officer for directions. Oh yeah. And then he like comes back all excited. He's like, "Wow! Like the cops here. Yeah, he called me sir. Yeah, (laughs) and like it's like wow, these cops here are really nice. Yeah,
0: really well." Well mannered and you know they're
4: cool here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that was another. I think a bit of foreshadowing no not foreshadow, but that in that part where they take Abdel's brother in after they wing the air cop. Yeah, they, they don't fire on him, and the they do rush him and all that. And there's a great bit where it's uh, they're pulling Abdel's brother away. That Hubert's like straight up like pulling people from his group off of the like don't go in there and try to pull the brother out. They're gonna take him in. Hubert's doing that, and then the Notre Dame guy shows up, and he has his gun out, and he's holding it like a wall. I think his final line, where Hubert's like, just take him and get the hell out of here. And then it shows the Notre Dame cop backing up. He's like, get back! Get back, scum! Get
2: back! Yeah, it's <laughs> almost like a cross. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. telling demons to get back. Like,
4: the power of Christ compels you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it very much shows, like, the good, the con- conceptually the good cop got injured and all that, in the chaos of the world. And here comes the bad cop running in there saying, get the hell back, scum. Or, yeah. If anyone, yeah, if he was the one who was getting shot at in the role reversal, he probably would have opened up into the car right away. Yeah. Where the other guy, like, calls for backup and they all, he's injured so he's not going to do anything. But he just sits there, it's like, starts demanding they put the gun down or something, I believe.
0: I like that, uh, what transitions after that scene was when um, they're running away from the cops. I think that SWAT team comes I think it's a SWAT team. The, with the riot gear, they they, yeah. they come in and um, Vince gets stopped by one of the police officers and he pulls out the gun and he's about to apparently, apparently he's about to shoot him and then Hubert like stops him, he pushes him out of the way and like clocks the, the police officer in the face. That was pretty tight actually. Yeah. I enjoyed he, like, flew. yeah he like flew. He like through the window. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well
4: yeah, it was like a pa- oh yeah, it was like a panic moment where he may use the gun does he's stupid pushes him and goes over in like full boxing mm. <laughs> like the hit of his boxing career and lays the guy out yeah and right after that i think they're on the train and vince is just so ecstatic like i had him dead in my sight so i was about to,
0: about to smoke him
4: i was about to kill him and then fucking <laughs> hubert came in like the champ laid him out and hubert just looks he's not even acknowledging it he's just i think that's when there's a great the train noise winds up, and he closes his eyes, because he's just so fed up of it all. Like, seems to very much know that he has the physical capabilities and the strength, but he's very against using it.
0: Well, I think that's also kind of telling of Vincent's character, because when they were talking on the rooftop, he was talking about, like, uh, either serving, like, a month jail time or doing community service, and he was, like, really appalled by doing community service. And Huber is asking him, like, so you're okay with, like, doing jail time? You know, being in prison or something like that? I I think he said something along those lines, but... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it really, like, is telling of Vincent's character where, like, he doesn't care about his community in some sense. Like, he doesn't want to help, you know, serve time in that way. He'd rather be in the prison system. Seems very like he's into the street culture. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, he just wants the... Respect, respected. masculinity
4: that comes with it, of being a, someone, you know, I served time, I did this, I fought yeah. the cops.
2: And even, even, like, in that exchange that you mentioned, Richie, like, I love the moment that Vince is like, oh, well, didn't you serve time? And then Hubert's like, no, I've never served time. <laughs> I never got caught. <laughs> I'm
4: not stupid.
2: <laughs> yeah. Never
4: got nabbed. And then uh, that shot, is it a, do you think it's a RC helicopter? I think so. That Whoa, was beautiful. Yeah. The fuck the police song as it goes through the projects. Yes. I don't think drones were around before then. Yeah, when you guys were talking about that,
3: I was like, I noticed, you do notice how it like just like stops, like it just sits there, right? Like right at like the end of the projects. And it's like, you can just, that's literally, that camera angle and how it stops is like their lives in that show. I feel like in the projects or anyone, you know? Mm -hmm. It's designed for you to never be able to leave and never escape it. And you're just separated from society. You know, like, you have bustling Paris, like, right over there, and then they're just stuck in this run-down, poverty-stricken area. That's
2: an excellent, excellent point.
4: (laughs) So many, like, when the news broadcast comes through... Oh, and they're in the car? <laughs> yeah, and they get angry, and they... I think they're in a playground. Yeah, they're in a playground that's, like, next to a project, and it's even lowered into the ground. And he makes the reference, like, this is not a goddamn zoo, this is a safari, stop driving yeah. through your car and looking down on us. Yeah, like, literally even, looking
2: down through, us, through a fence. They don't even get out of the car. They're just, like, sticking their bodies outside of the window. Like, just trying to catch a quick scoop. Mm-hmm. They just profile and they're like, Were you guys at the riot? He's like, Do we look like thugs? Do we look like we'd be at the riot? <laughs> <laughs> even like throw the rock at the car. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I think he hits the lens. I oh, yeah, yeah, he hits, yeah, the, he hits, he the, hits the, the camera, camera yeah. lens. <laughs>
2: it's
4: really great lines. Do we look like those? come down here and I'll kick your ass and prove it I'm
1: <laughs> not. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, this movie was really good at, uh, I don't know, just bringing everything that's going on with today. Like police brutality, racism, like this scene towards the end with the skinheads. Yeah,
4: there's a couple of references to the war as
3: well. Yeah. That was super powerful.
0: I think that the main skinhead was, uh, was the director and the writer of the film. Too, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. That was meant to have a huge point on the film. Um, I like that the film was self-referential in some ways. It, t- it was aware of itself like what Kevin brought up, the mirror scene, where he looks at himself in the mirror and does that De Niro impression. Um, it's like he's looking at us. Because in Taxi Driver, he was looking at the mirror, but it was filmed a different way, whereas like yeah. in this film, he is looking at us, you know, asking us if we're talking to him. So the fact that the director played one of the skinheads who played a major part at the end of the film, he was trying to say something there about um, how we want to see that, we want to see that violence, but that's why we watch this film. If we're so used to, like, convention and traditional programming, like, we watch something so we can get our fill of, like, yeah, give it to them, like, that's what they deserve, you know, like, what Huber said about, um, yes, there are some good cops, but the only good skinhead is a dead one,
3: Yeah. You
0: know? so that was pretty powerful. Yeah.
4: I
2: think he was doing that to egg Vince on. Like I don't think he meant it though.
4: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, just yeah, you don't have the heart to kill. Killing a cop, well, or you may kill a good one. But this, they're all bad. So if you're capable of killing, go ahead and do it. Maybe you're like, this did. is the one to do it to. Yeah. yeah. I
0: feel like maybe he didn't mean it, but he wouldn't care either way if Vince did or or didn't. Because I mean, mm-hmm. it's a skinhead. So if I was Huber, I mean, I'd be like, "Fuck skinheads! Why, why would? Yeah, he's right. Like the only good one is a dead one. Why?" Why do they deserve to be, um, to have that, I guess, remorse?
3: Yeah, because it seemed like Hubert Huber wasn't like a racist person at all, you know? He seems like he takes in all walks of life, so I think he did mean it, where he's just like, yeah, any ailing good skinhead is a dead one, and he's like, fucking shoot him, shoot him, shoot him, and he's like, really pushing him to shoot him.
4: I, I interpreted it differently, again.
3: But I think, I don't think he was, like, he wanted him to shoot him. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I think he meant, really did mean, like, any, any, the only good skinhead is dead skinhead. Oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I thought he meant, he meant that. He meant that, but I don't think he really wanted, uh, Vince to kill
0: him. Because, I, I mean, I think that was the only time in the film where he told Vince to do it, whereas all the other times he was saying, hey, don't shoot the police officer, and, you know, like, what are you doing, why do you have that gun, I'm out of here, you know, like, why do you need to bring that, but in that situation, I think it, it, t- it took a turn, I mean, yeah, he's
2: like, oh, you have the urge to kill, well, this is the, the person that you the should right time to do should yeah. kill, right. mm-hmm. like, if, if you really need to get it out of your system, see, I took it as, like, Hubert,
4: it's like, this is the resolution to their whole back and forth conflict about that concept, mm-hmm. where Hubert's going, like, fine, I'll fucking support you, kill this guy, he's there's all, all skinheads are bad, yeah, kill them, and I think that's like, I thought I interpreted it as him pushing him to go like, if you're if you think you're capable of killing, and our relationship as friends is gonna be changed forever if you are, or if you go out and do this. Prove it now. Like here's the climax of either you're gonna do it or you're not gonna do it, and we're either gonna be friends or not be friends. Yeah. Because then right after that scene, I think the the whole gun thing is re- resolved with Vincent like just handing it over for. Huber to do whatever he's gonna do with it, like sell it or move
0: it on. I think that was pretty symbolic. Cause yeah, that scene was powerful. I think mm-hmm. in a way, when he told him to do it, it's like I think if anyone should have done it, it would be Huber to do it, you know, and not um, Vince, because it goes back to how you're talking about how everyone uh, says that Vince is taking everyone's culture, like oh you're you're Muslim now or you're this or you're that now, and oh you're not Jewish or you are Jewish and you know he's, he wants to fight for literally everything, but like, who are you then? You know, I think he is the epitome of that extreme like radicalist, that maybe a radical leftist or something of modern day. Like, you know, you say you're for one thing, but how come you don't bring up this other thing? You know, what you say you want to fight for these certain rights, but you're ignoring all what's happening over here. You know, who who are you really fighting for? You know, and there's
4: a direct again to the World War Two. The mm-hmm. treatment of the Polish Jews. It's like straight up yeah, are a contemporary Nazi, you're a Polish Jew. It was only, what, 70 years ago? Right, my math may be off.
2: Well, I think around that time maybe... I'm thinking 40, from our time, yeah, 40, it,
4: 40 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> 47 years ago, there's a literal genocide. If, yeah, like if there's anyone... That's the interpretation I got from it, at least. And then when you reference the director playing the skinhead, that is that's mad respect for... I think it's just, he's even taking a step back and going... I interpret it as him taking a step back and going, I'm aware of my own ethnic and possibly class status and how you can interpret this film... As being separate from that, but he puts himself in there as like a completely negative character, like self-referencing that. In many ways, people like me may be inherently be a part of the problem where we're not the ones experiencing it directly, like the main characters are. We're not. I'm not of that ethnic ground background or possibly upbringing. But it felt like he's aware. Just including that makes it feel like he's aware of that when you get into the, d- the discussions of who's able to tell what stories, he's at least, like, doing a self-referential, like, I'm not just glorifying it and not trying to understand it from an abstract view. Mm-hmm. So what show he makes so yeah, a skinhead, a villain.
0: That's very well said.
4: No, I didn't know that. I love that you shared, though. I had no idea that was a thing. It's like, <laughs> it's another amazing thing about this movie. I think that...
2: If there was any, any a character in the movie that was meant to serve as like the director's own persona It was Vince for mm-hmm. sure oh, yeah. Because I I mean with the I mean they both like look very similar to each other Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah, and I, I wonder if they're of the same descent as well possibly
4: I'm just glad I'm, when you said that, I'm so happy you didn't pull like a Brad Pitt in like 12 years a slave I believe it's like the inverse yeah, of that. Yeah, he
1: did do that. But, um, what did he
0: do? What they call the white savior trope in yes. the film, where um, they'll add a character in a film to be the one to save the, um, the person of color, or the, the minorities, from, you know, the bad guy. So, uh, kind of my really minor, but in 12 Years of Slave, that happened, where Brad Pitt um, saves the, um, our central character, in the film and it happens in other films too like the help i haven't seen that one but the help does that too that kevin cosner plays a character based on a real person i guess but they renamed his character and um he helps the women like see the launch but that apparently that didn't happen in real life um yeah some tropes like that um Yeah. Well he didn't, I think
4: Brad Pitt was a producer on Twelve Years of Slave. Yeah. And he just writes yeah, he writes in a nice white savior character for himself to play. Where this yeah, in La Haine it seems like the exact opposite of I'll be the I'll be the most unredeemable character.
0: The scumbag of all scumbags. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well he is the the title of the film basically, you know. Yeah. So we're talking talk about the ending. Have you gotten there? Yeah. Are yeah, you I think ready? So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like directly after that scene where he doesn't shoot the skinhead and he lets him walk. Um I thought it was very symbolic like, that he gives Hubert the gun and walks away with it and Huber looks at it and as they walk away Said and Vince walk away. They get stopped by the police officer and they get harassed by him and with, the yeah. yeah, like yeah. with the Notre Dame yeah I think the one with the
2: Notre Dame and right when they get back home after that entire night of like trying yeah. to get home
0: because this is like this is all pretty much after like a couple of hours after they find out about Abdul passing away mm-hmm. and yeah so that's why it was extremely it was so intense when we, uh, Vince bumps into the skinheads and you think he has that motive to shoot him, but he doesn't, and then they they, they, um, they get intercepted by the police again, and yeah, just just tough.
4: Yeah, I think yeah, like Vincent, Vincent had the chance, and he showed he didn't have it in him, and then he even gives away the gun, hangs up the gun to Hubert. And then him and Saeed, like, go in the opposite direction, and immediately they're snatched up. It was like what you said earlier. It's like one step forward, three steps back. He, like,
3: finally made a little bit of progress, got rid of the gun, decided he doesn't need to kill,
4: and within ten seconds he's shot cop, and yeah, the cop with the gun is flexing and brandishing and, like, holding his gun in his face and laughing. Yeah,
0: just... <laughs> Abusing uh, his power yeah, just intimidating him like oh, you're scared now. You look like you're about to shit your pants Like what happened? I thought you're a big guy. What, what, what happened And he Just the gun just goes off Yeah, he, he laughs and I think in the shot is like when he laughs
4: He's like closes his eyes looks sideways and you see his finger just go straight to the trigger
2: and it just blows dude. Yeah and and then then it's you a good just shot like the shock in Saeed's eyes, and also in Hubert, like Hubert is just, like, done all this work, for nothing.
4: I like that the, the, I think it's three cops that originally get out of the car, and well, then once get shot, they just book it. Because yeah. they know they weren't, that none of that was by the book, they were straight up abusing their power, so they, pretty much like criminals, they hightail it right away.
1: And
3: then we see Hubert and the cop standoff standoff right like point blank both at each other yeah and then it and zooms then in that full circle from the beginning
4: on Saeed's face and then it's Hubert, I believe it's his line again with the joke about the skyscraper I think mm-hmm. it repeats
2: one last time so far so good
4: but he so says far, about so
3: society instead of a oh yeah I think that's that's he says that right mm-hmm. he's like it's about society as it's like zooming in on Saeed's face
4: and then we just hear the pow like that's what it cuts on
3: i think regardless if hubert shot the cop or if the cop shot hubert i think
4: it just signifies that all hope is lost he breeds hate yep no yeah when hubert like when they points the gun and all that it's a bit of a well intentions and good hearts and all that but in the chaos and the the way things are that can still get lost so mm-hmm.
3: fast. Yeah, you're right, yeah. Hate breeds hate. It's like even someone like Hubert who never The whole film is champion. Road. Yep. Calculated and reserved and didn't want to resort to violence, but when you kill you know, his best friend in cold blood right in front of his eyes, it's like I'm gonna hate you and I'm gonna shoot you.
2: The first thing that went on in my head was oh no. Like if Hubert can just like be cool like, this whole incident will be brought to light, and the police will have to answer for this. But then you just see him walking towards brandishing the gun, and then he clicks, the, clicks back the trigger. It's like, just don't, don't do it. Like, because they're just going to cover it up as, you know, like, oh, the police, like, brutalizing, or no, police uh, firing a, a person of color in self-defense. Yeah. And it's like, they're just going to cover it up because of that.
0: Just fast forward to today, yeah, I mean, that's... You have it's Saeed's word against
3: today. the police, that's never... Yeah, They're not really like, saying. oh, they're gonna
2: believe a person of color over, like, the entire, like, police squadron. Like, yeah. no, they aren't. Yeah. Like. Vincent resisted, reached for the gun, got shot in the
4: scuffle. Hubert brandished the gun that was stolen from the riots. They're both not good characters. They're both, they're both troublemakers. Case and The close. police, yeah, the police did their duty. And we're completely in the right. Yeah, it can easily be brushed under.
2: I just feel for Saeed... So much! Oh. That's real. It happens to people all the
3: time in the project. You see all your, like, people you grew up with just die, go to
0: jail.
2: He lost all three of his best friends.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the, the last shot where he was in between the two of, uh, men yeah. pointing the guns at each other, it's symbolic of what he was doing in, in the film where he was against the police, but he was still mingling with the police and trying to, like, stay neutral at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's put in that position again of um, picking a side. I think that was, yeah, I thought that was a very powerful shot. And just seeing that all go down within the last, like, what, two, three minutes is just, um, yeah, I, I just went ballistic. Came out of Wait, nowhere. Yeah, I did yeah. not expect it to end like that. Yeah, because you'd think, like, oh, man, they're going to walk away, and the, the whole situation with the skinhead was... Was done and yeah, everyone gets to go home and think about their night. But that that wasn't even the end of it. And, um, yeah, I think that that ending just made the film even stronger and it left such a bigger impression. And I think that's a film that is essential to like watch today because it is extremely relevant. And I like that it ended on that note. It doesn't give you the kind of closure that you would want because um, that's how it is you know you, you don't always get to see both sides and i like that we got to see it from the perspective of the, the the trio yeah yeah
4: if that ended with them all going home and stuff like that i think it would have been a far less impactful ending right i think what you said
0: i think i had to go that way
4: because gives us so much power and so much authenticity so many great lines in this movie. Like, what's the All his jokes he kept saying.
3: Oh, the Batman <laughs> he's like, right at the He's room. like, isn't that killer? He's like, isn't that a good-ass <laughs> joke? I need
2: to adopt killer in my vernacular. Like, i waste you for free. Oh, like, yeah, man, think about yeah. that
4: line. Like,
3: killer like,
0: line. Like, that's
3: like,
4: <laughs> the greatest line ever? <laughs> I was thinking
3: that, too. I'm like, I, I need to put
0: killer in my vernacular more. Like, uh, <laughs> I like the, um... Uh, either the billboard or, like, the big, big poster of that yes. The World is Yours, and you, you see it a couple times throughout the film, and then Saeed, he, um... Uses graffiti to change it and it's like the world's yeah.
3: Yeah, like That was actually a cool part of the film too, like with the missing scene, just randomly they're like sitting in the back and you see like if the, the subtitles will read like the graffiti and it's like fuck yo mama or some yeah. shit. That <laughs> <is. It's> like,
1: <laughs> oh yeah, what did they close yeah. in.
3: <laughs> I think the way I interpreted that. It's like hate breeds hate is like, I, what I was thinking of like the hate. Like it's just. Pretty sure every graffiti that they showed in subtitles was always like some. Real, like, derogatory.
2: Yeah, like, it starts off with in the beginning of the movie after the riot, like, Saeed's like walking behind the police uh, car. Oh, yeah. And, like, writes, fuck the police on it. Saeed says, fuck
4: the police in quotes. Mm-hmm. That's such a great cut, too. I love the uh side line where he shakes the Arab cop's hand after getting him out of prison. And Vincent refuses, and the guy like, I'll I'll slap your ass. Stop fucking with me. And they're walking away, and Vincent's like, How could you guys shake his hand? You guys are like, you guys are traitors. And so he just goes, Look, man, I want to shake his hand. You want to shoot him? You're such a fucking pain. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> just like, like a genuine like, like stop <laughs> causing trouble, man. <laughs> stop, stop bitching. Or just like <laughs> so. Like, he got me out of prison. I don't know. It was yeah, like, we so got off easy. Yeah. yeah. No, I was like, like cool. why are you trying to start more shit? Like, don't give me shit over that. <laughs> or just, I'm not, I'm not licking the boots. I'm not a bootlicker. I just shook the dude's hand. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just, there's so many great lines like that. where just, they, turn, they tell each other off.
2: I think another poignant scene that I absolutely loved was when they were trying to hotwire the car. And oh, then he's yeah. have like the, the suburban husband whose wife just left him and he's like <laughs> just drunk out of his mind at like four in the morning and he like just stumbles upon like their car as they're like breaking into one. He's like, hey, what are you guys doing? <laughs> he's like, oh, my wife just left me and he's like just like watching them try to hotwire this card. He's like cheering on Sayid. Was uh, that a fourth wall break?
4: Or he's like, Sayid's right. You connect that wire. To the- like, did they tell him his name? Or is he, like, how did he? Did I think, I think he did. I don't remember, them yeah, saying Sayid. Actually,
3: no, you're right. Because he, it, also, he said his name. I was like, how does he know? Yeah, like, did they Saeed's call Sayid
4: during the exchange?
2: They didn't at all. No, yeah. I was just like, Sayid's right. He's the green to the yellow. <laughs> he's kind of like a deus, ex, deus ex machina as well. Because um, when the police find out where he's like hey I don't want to alarm you guys but you know there's a police car right up the street oh yeah and then they like just book it and then he like purposely like stands in the middle of the road stop the car and like dances yeah. on it to create like a diversion yeah it's like so there is like there are people on 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 their side
4: yeah he's very much aware like yeah I'm, I'm in I live in Paris of a-
2: yeah he's like oh I'm gonna get off easy I'll get like a fine yeah like these guys if they go in they're they're getting jail time or they're getting killed Like,
4: the 20 old guys, they didn't even steal the car, they were just trying to hotwire it. Mm -hmm. They got stopped.
2: Such a great film. Brilliant movie, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think that might be, like,
3: my favorite that we've watched so far. The cinematography was so good, too. That's There were so many, like, spiral shots where they, they, I don't know, what do you call those when you just keep going around like the character. I
2: think just like tra- or it's kinda of like a tracking shot in a yeah.
3: way. They just kept track like there was one we tracked around uh, Hubert. Hugh Bear.
2: Oh is, it, is the
3: is there and the the, 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 the Yamaha stairwell one and
4: the
2: music one and the stairwell looking up. The stairwell
4: was like oh I was like wow that's
3: this is like mesmerizing.
2: I think the fact that it was in black and white just purely enhanced the tension mm-hmm. and the texture of the movie too. And like the lighting in it was insane. How do they do all that? (laughs) I love the, the grain of it all, too. Like, it was just so gritty. It wouldn't have worked if it was in color. No. Oh, yeah.
4: Yeah,
3: definitely. Helps it for sure. It's also just, like, enigmatic of, like, Vince and Hubert, I'd say. Like... Vince was so black and white with everything. He's like, oh, cop killed my friend. I have to kill a cop. Or he's on, on that side of, you know, I have to resort. I have to rebuttal whatever they do to us, where Hubert was the complete opposite. He was, you know, thought about it more and was.
4: Yeah, like There were shades to it.
1: 100%. Mm-hmm.
4: Was this before or after American History X? It's before. I believe. OK, they probably took inspiration for sure. I think in American History X they're touching on similar themes. With the flash, the flashbacks when Edward Norton's character is a neo-Nazi, that's all black and white as well. Mm-hmm.
0: All that crazy stuff. So Edward Norton wanted writing credit for that movie, and he edited that movie too. I and know. the director didn't like what Norton did. I already he adopted it a lot. Yeah. A lot of controversy <sighs> with that one.
4: Yeah. <laughs> He did a decent movie. I think the director did a writer director did a decent movie after that with Adrian Brody,
2: but it's kind of not, kind of doesn't land as much. Yeah, lying, so, I I just thought it was crazy that the guy who I mean the the love interest in Amelie is the director of this movie, like such a light hearted like French movie. Oh. It's like very whimsical and like. I just imagine him like riding on the motorcycle with Emily, and
4: like... Oh, two very different views of the Parisian.
2: Yes, it's very much more romantic and then to just see it like, oh, this was like one of the first movies he made. And I tried looking up some of the other movies he made and apparently they didn't do too well. So I feel like this was like his... I think he's primarily an actor.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
4: It killed it here.
0: Yeah, so I think that pretty much sums up our review of Le Hain. Who Who's um, up for next week? I believe it's, it's you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've been giving it a lot of thought. Of, but I believe I have a movie to pick now. Um, have you guys seen Simon Killer? Or mm-hmm. heard of Simon Killer? It um, stars Brady Corbett. It, he, he directed Vox um, Lux and... Um, childhood of a leader so he's a really um, young actor director type and he didn't direct this one but I um, heard his performance is really great so heard it's a good movie so yeah looking forward to watching that one for next week's episode um, so yeah thank you for tuning in to our review of Lehane watch it on YouTube watch it on Cartarian and we'll see you next time and LA film out Le mec, au fur et à mesure de sa chute, il se répète sans cesse pour se rassurer. Jusqu'ici, tout va bien. Jusqu'ici, tout va bien. Jusqu'ici, tout va bien. Mais l'important, c'est pas la chute. C'est l'atterrissage.
1: Au rythme des émeutes, jusqu'au milieu de la nuit, une centaine de jeunes a littéralement assiégé le commissariat de police qui se trouve au milieu de la cité. Les batailles rangées ont fait 14 blessés du côté des forces de l'ordre. 33 émeutiers ont été arrêtés. Les casseurs ont fini par saccager une partie du centre commercial.